0: Let your word change us. Let our hearts be soft and molded as you would do it. Make us your own. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, such good scriptures today. Um, I am, uh, un- fortunately or unfortunately, I'm not going to preach on them, but I encourage you to go back and read them again this week and spend some time with them because every time we spend some time in, in the word and seeking God, God is going to take advantage of that and, and speak through that. So I encourage you to do it. I'm finishing up a series. We've been doing a series, uh, called how to be good and rich because evidently it's hard for rich people to, to do it well. And we're rich. I mean, we've talked about that when we compare ourselves to the rest of the world. We're rich. Um, Even the poorest among us have have so much more than many in the world do. Uh, And and we want to be good. God gives special commands to the rich. We're going to finish up talking about that a little bit. Today I want to talk about, I'm calling it loose change. And, And I'm calling it loose change because, you know, in your pocket you might have some loose change. It's just that leftover stuff, and there's some leftover stuff. That we need to cover, but I also want change to be loosed among us I think some of you think i'm trying to get your money. I'm not I think some of you think that that i'm trying to just get more money in the church budget I'm, i'm not how nice would that be, but that's not my purpose My purpose is to get us to trust god more than we do And god says this is the way that you find out how trustworthy I am. You can test me in this and that's what I'm trying to encourage some of our hearts need to change, and I want to get you my role my goal is to encourage you to trust God more than you already do now I want you to know that the church does in actions what we're saying with our mouth as well the church tithes on everything that comes in we we make purpose that at least 10% of everything that this body brings in and that is offered here goes out the door. It doesn't benefit us except that it builds our trust in God. Uh, 5% goes to the diocese to help plan other churches and to make sure our bishop can eat and travel and do all that he needs to do. At least 5% and and more than that, this year it was over 11% that we did total, so more than 6% has gone out of our doors to local missions and ministries and international missions and ministries. Uh, That's over $50,000 that went out our door that didn't benefit us except to build our trust in the Lord. Now, could we have used that money here to do things? Oh, yeah, we could have decorated with it we could have done more mission bought more discipleship materials we could have done more renovations it might have helped us with some bulk up our staffing a little bit i mean there's a lot we could have done with that but we believe this is a good principle for us to follow it has been the way that we've done it since this church was founded um this year so far we're giving uh, somewhere uh, right above 14 percent is going out of our doors I hope that can continue. You know, we cannot outgive God. We just can't do it. But imagine if we if more came in so that we could send more out, right? What what could change? What might we accomplish? What here here's the reality when you look at uh statistics out there. Where did I put this? I'm saying the stuff out of order. The stats say that when On average, Christians don't tithe. Some do, most don't. And so when you put it all together, the average that's given by Christians is 2.5%. Now, I think we're above average. I'm not sure that we're... Doing what God has called us to do and, and, you know, challenges us to do. Whether or not you think it's a law that we have to do it or if it's just an opportunity. I'm not sure that we're up to the 10% level, but what if we were? What would change? What would happen in our community because of that? Um, Our tithe would double. We would plant twice as many churches as we already do. More churches we be planted. More resources would be there for all of our churches. More ministries, more missionaries, uh, both locally and around the world. More people would hear about Jesus and come to know him. And it doesn't take much, right? Um, more, how many more children could we love on here at All Souls through his big house? Right now we're getting about 60 a week. Come here. And there there are people that are giving, you know, they're giving their time, their resources, and their love every week. They need some help with that. But if 60 are coming now, what if we could double that number? Are those kids out there? Yes. Why can't, you know, we we just don't have the funds to send another bus out. What if we did? Would it, Would it help? For us to bring in and double the number of kids that are here learning about God and and His ways and their lives are being changed and transformed by Him? Would that be a benefit? Yes. And it would ultimately matter in this community and this this world, wouldn't it? Uh, What else could we do in our neighborhoods Uh, to befriend our neighbors and, and reach out and share our lives? How much more could we do in missions both here in Jacksonville and around the world? We're sending three missions out this, this year. What if we could do six? What, what if, right? What would that be like? Would, would it bring a bigger smile on your face if we have changed twice as many lives next year as we did this year? I think it would be great. How many more marriages would be encouraged? How many more children would be brought up to, to know and love the Lord? How, how many more needs would be met? Right? But again, he, here's the deal. Yes, we could do more with the money, but the, us getting the money is not the important thing. God doesn't need your money from you, he, he owns it all anyway, right? He's just entrusted it to you and me, right? It's not that God needs the money and I'm saying, you've got to give. We need another jet. No, we don't. God does not need your money from you. He wants something for you. He wants you to know how faithful and trustworthy he is. And he says, test me this way. So that's my encouragement. A great way to do that is is to learn to give a percentage back to God and see what happens. It's like running an experiment. He says, the purpose of tithing. Let's read it together. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. It's not always easy to put God first in our lives. We're not sure if if God's going to be there. I mean, it looks bad. But he's saying, I want so much for you to be able to trust me in everything. So try this. Try it. Test me out. Give me a tenth. Give me a tenth of, of what you bring in. Let's just start there. It's significant enough, let's agree, we have to take notice of it, don't we? Here's the th- here's the thing. Rich, rich people get more impressed by the amount that they give instead of the percentage that they give. So we're going to talk about that today. It, 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 God is saying, if you can trust me with your finances, it's often the hardest place to trust me. And isn't it funny, like you said before, that on every piece of money this country produces, it says, in God we trust. It's, that's like for us, isn't it? But it, God says, if you'll trust me in this, if you'll try it out, you're going to find I'm big enough for every situation in your life. So I'm giving you the opportunity to make a choice. You get to choose to find out if I'm real. You get to choose if if to find out if i'm trustworthy and faithful you get to control the experiment but the problem is you don't get to control your life things happen in this life don't they and you don't control that and if you don't know if god is trustworthy or not boy that's a hard way to have to try and find out here you get to choose and figure it out now One of the reasons that a lot of people don't tithe is because of the numbers. You know, tithing means what percentage? A tenth. Okay, a tenth. All right. Here's how that works out. If you tithe on $10, how much do you tithe? A dollar. A dollar not that much, is it? We put a dollar in. That's pretty easy. Um, uh, If you have $100 that comes to you, God trusts you with $100, he asks for what? Ten bucks. Ten bucks. I'm like, okay, I can do ten bucks. Mm, all right. That's ten bucks. That's that's uh, a McDonald's meal. I can I can do that. I'll give that. But then you get thousand dollars in, and how much do you give back? Uh, that's a lot of money, though. And and isn't that where a lot of us start going? Huh. I'll give fifty. Fifty is a lot, right? Fifty's a lot. You know, 50 is a lot more than I used to give, so I'll give 50. And we think, I'm giving 50 bucks. It's pretty good. What if you get $10,000 in? How much you, a tenth of that is, that's a lot, though, you know? Like, you know, okay, maybe I'll give like 200. That's a lot more than the 50 I used to give. I'm feeling pretty good about it. It's nowhere near a tenth. You're not really trusting God like God says, try it. Trust me in it. But as the numbers go up, be honest, don't we start focusing on the numbers rather than the percentage? Yeah. Anybody else start focusing on numbers rather than percentage like, whoa. What's that? It's, it does. That human side comes in and it's like, hey, I can do a lot with that money. You know, that's not a buck. That's like, that's real cash. We are impressed by numbers, but evidently, God is impressed by percentage. Why do we think that? It comes out of Mark Mark 12. A story you can flip there in your own Bible, circle some things, underline some stuff, take some notes, but I'll read it through on the screen here. Jesus is in the temple. He's in, uh, in the outside courts there. And when, when this happens, it says he sits down opposite the place where the offerings were put. And he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Now, what did that look like? It looked. this is kind of a representation of what the the temple looked like. And in the courts, these are the courts that the Jews can go in. There's a big area. And you can't see it, but to the left and the right of the stairs that are right in front of you, there are funnels that come out of the wall. And you put your money in the funnels and it falls down through the wall into the treasury. Okay, so this is a little bit closer up. You see the funnels there? And so Jesus could sit there on the steps, you know, and people are coming in. And they're, they're putting their stuff in, in the funnels, and he's watching it. Now, it goes on to say many rich people threw in large amounts. They threw in 50 bucks at a time. They're rich, right? Like you, you're rich. We know you're rich, right, comparatively in the world. This is a room full of rich people. Rich people give large amounts. You might give 250 bucks. I mean, you're getting large amounts. People can't do that around the world. And, you know, so Jesus is watching you and me, and here we come. We're 50 bucks here and 20 there. And, you know, it's like, that's a lot of bucks, isn't it? Now, a dime isn't much out of a dollar. It doesn't hurt. But a 1,000 out of 10... Boy, I can buy things with a thousand bucks. That's how we start thinking. Uh, Rich people do give larger amounts. Studies do show that. But they give smaller percentages. Rich people, on average, do give larger amounts but smaller percentages. It's just a problem that rich people have. God evidently isn't impressed because Jesus isn't impressed. And it says, a poor widow came, and she put in two very small copper coins. They were worth only a fraction of a penny. Very small. In in fact, if, if you kind of parse it out and you know what the daily wage was at the time, the amount that she put in was kind of the pay for six minutes. I mean, it's, six minutes of time was these two small coins that... It just, it wasn't very much. She, was it a large amount? No. It was not a large amount, was it? Probably everybody that came that day put in more than she put in. It was a very small amount. But look at what Jesus does. There she is. She's putting it in. Two very small coins. But calling his disciples. To him, Jesus said, hey, I'll tell you the truth here. This poor widow has put more into the treasury than anybody else. You see her? Hey, Peter, James, you see her? There she is. And the disciples, can you imagine? They're looking like, wait, she's just two little coins. Jesus, were you out in the sun too long? Okay, I'll just tell you what the, the rest of this said. Sorry, it wasn't on there. They all gave out of their wealth, Jesus says. All the other people, they gave out of their wealth. They threw 50 bucks in. They threw 200 bucks in. Out of all of their riches, they were putting in big amounts. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. What was her percentage A hundred percent. Did that impress Jesus? Did the amount impress Jesus? No. Amounts evidently don't impress God. Evidently, percentages impress God. And this woman was all in. How much trust did she have to have to put in everything? Did she trust God? God. Did she trust God? She trusted God. She had to trust God to do that, right? Evidently, the Lord is impressed by percentages, not by amounts. We get it backwards. We get very impressed by the amount. We're like, look at what I did. You know, I put in two and a half percent like the average Christian does. And I'm, I'm curious, is God impressed by that? Are we really trusting him? Or does he look at our heart and say, oh, you get it. You get it. Now, again, I'm not trying to shame us into it. I'm just trying to wake us up to say, huh, maybe I've looked at this differently than I, mean, than I need to. I, I want you to consider a percentage of giving. Now we have maybe we can have an usher that can hand out our sheets. We we handed out sheets to everybody last week for you to fill out the top and the bottom about a percentage that you could give and time that you can invest in some ministries that we have. And uh, yeah, if you would just if you need one of these, if you didn't turn one in last week, that's fine. We said you didn't have to, but put up your hand because we, we want to give you another chance. You've had all week to think about it. So yeah keep your hands up. he's coming through he'll He'll give you one um, nobody looks at this. We have you know these are the ones that came in last week. A lot of you ha- have before, you know come before God and was like okay this is this is Lord between us what I want to commit. Nobody has looked at these. nobody looked to see well, what did people write down? There aren't names on these, even if we looked. We don't know who did it. This is just between you and God. The point is, if you write down 10%, we don't know if it's 10% of a million dollars or 10% of one dollar. There's no way. We're not doing this for us. We're not going to look at this. It doesn't do us any good if we did. This is for you. Do you trust the Lord? During the Great Depression... Do you know what percentage Christians gave? 3.3% on average. That's more than Christians on average give today. In a normal congregation, and we're above normal, I'm sure, in a normal congregation, only about 1 out of 10 tithes. Only about 1 out of 10 actually gives 10% or more. And for us, that'd be 15 or 20 people are actually trying this out. The rest of us are rich. And we're impressed by the amount. What what does all of this say? And this is a question. Give me some response. What does this say about rich people and their trust in God? It's hard to trust in God when you're rich. It just is. It's tough. Because we start thinking that it's our money that keeps us safe. Now listen, God entrusts this to us. He wants us to learn how to manage it. It's, there are wise choices to make with it. He wants us to be able to save and give to future generations. I mean, he's, he, he really does. He, he wants us to know how to manage it. But when it comes to trust and trusting, do we trust our stuff? Do we trust him? I think he wants us to trust him more than we trust our stuff, right? And it's hard. The more you have, and y'all, we have a lot. The more you have, it's just harder. It's hard. I'm not, it's not easy. I'm not asking you to do something that's easy. It's simple. It ain't easy. This church is not about trying to get more into our account here. It, it, it really is. It's about choosing to trust the Lord now so you will, you, you'll, you can, you'll have the ability to trust the Lord when the stakes are higher. Now, I want to invite somebody up to, uh, to talk about this. I mean, here's the deal. Come on up, Barbara Beavis. Y'all welcome, Barbara. here's the deal. Y'all, ex- have, have Y'all expect me to talk about this, don't you? I mean, I'm a pro. I've been doing this. Y'all expect to hear this from me. So um, Barbara's here. She had a couple of uh, stories that she could share about how she started tithing and all that. And, and But the first question I want to ask you is, Barbara, are we paying you in exchange for what you're saying today? <laughs> Are we on? Are we paying you? Nope. Are you getting extra benefits? You know, we're decreasing the amount we're asking you to tithe or, you know, more healing (laughs) prayers or anything. Are we doing anything for you? No. No? Okay. This is just completely what it appears to be. Yeah. All right. Good. How did you start tithing? Why Why'd Um, you do it?
1: When I was um, married for 17 years... um, I had started back to work. I had not worked all those years. I'd raised my children. And I'd been working about four months when my husband filed for divorce. And I found myself in a situation where I was trying to figure out how I was going to raise two children on a startup salary. And when I did my budget, I realized that there was literally an abyss between income and expenses. And as I was sitting there with this sinking feeling in my stomach, Mm-hmm. I remembered the scripture that Brooke kept referring to in Malachi where it says, Trust me in this, and I will open the gates and open the floodgates, and more than you will need will be given. So I sat there and said, Okay, God, you're going to have to fill the gap. And because I would never been able to tithe before, a dollar in the plate here and there, um, when my husband wasn't looking or didn't know about was all I was ever able to give um, when I went to church. So I said, God, I'm going to give 10% of my net pay, which is now going to make a bigger abyss, and you're going to have to really stand in that gap, and I trust you in this. Well, when I went to work um, the next payday, I looked at my check, and it was for more, a lot more than the previous checks had been. So I went to my boss, and I said, I think the payroll made a mistake on my paycheck. And he said, no, when we sat down with the partners and talked about your work, we decided we were not paying you enough, and they gave me a 20% increase in pay, (laughs) which more than covered the gap. And so that was my first experience to say, I trust you, God. You will take care of me. And He has ever since.
0: Um, now, this is all conjecture. We'll, we'll never know. And I've never asked you this question before. Um, but I'm just curious what you think. Uh, do you think that if you hadn't trusted God, that, you know, if you hadn't gone to Him and said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try this out, do you think you would have walked in and, and found that pay raise or not?
1: I really have no way of knowing that. Yeah. But I do know that I could sit here and tell you four or five more stories where God has literally blessed my socks off when I was just not expecting um, a check here Or a raise there, or a bonus here when I really needed it with two kids in college. Um, I would pray and there would be the money. So I I will not ever not trust him in this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's, was it, has it always been for you like there's uh, money appears on angel wings and kind of floats down into your mailbox? (laughs) Or, I mean, it was something that I've heard from other people, something that, Dawn and I have experiences, is it seems like though our cars do break down, they don't break down as often as some people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it's kind of been like the, for us, it's been like um, the Israelites in the desert, their clothes didn't wear out, their shoes didn't wear out. It's like things have lasted.
1: Yeah. What's I, it been like for you? Um, well, I, all I can say is I have been truly blessed in so many ways, and I have found Um, refund checks that come that I didn't expect right after I gave the exact amount of money to someone who was desperately in need of it. Um, Those are the kinds of things that have Mm -hmm. happened. And when things have broken down, as they usually do, I have been blessed enough to have money in the savings account to cover it. Mm -hmm. And while I grumble sometimes because a car will break down, or like right now I think I'm going to need a new refrigerator, I have the funds to replace it. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I attribute all of it To God's blessings in my life.
0: Now, was did you just refer to the missionary story?
1: Not yet. Let me tell you about my missionary. Yeah,
0: and while she's telling that, Henry Glover, would you come up and get get ready?
1: This is another story that not it's not a way that God blessed me financially, but he blessed me in other ways. I was flying back from Europe from seeing a friend of mine and I was sitting in the Newark airport. And this lady sat down next to me, and we struck up a conversation. And I found out that she had just sold everything she owned and was going to the missions field. And so as we were talking, God kind of laid it on my heart to support her. And I was thinking, well, I can do that. I can send her letters of encouragement. Um, And so... (laughs) So as she got up to get in line to go board, I ran over to her and I said, let me have your address where you're going to be. I'd like to send you some letters. And so I got her address. And on the flight from Newark back to Baltimore, which is where I was living at the time, God kept saying, you will give her X amount of money a month. And I said, ain't no way. (laughs) I got kids in college. (laughs) I got this. I got that. And I just really kind of argued with him on the flight the whole way back. And I finally said, okay, I give up. I'll I'll send her the money, which I did. I wrote the check, wrote her a letter, and sent it to her. She was um, in Germany. Well, that was her base camp, but they had sent her off somewhere else for training. And when she got back to Germany, she had all these letters on her bed. And one of them was from the charity that she was working for, which was Operation Mobilization. And they had told her that her support, as they had calculated it wrong, and she was short and was going to need to raise a certain amount of more money each month. And when she opened my letter with the check in it, it was the exact amount she was short. And she said while she was at training, she kept wondering if God really wanted her there. She really didn't feel like that was what God wanted her to do. But when she saw that he met her needs before she ever needed it, she knew that that's where she was supposed to be. And we became great friends and I supported her for over ten years while she was in the mission field. Awesome. And God bless me in so many ways through her stories that she brought back from the work that she did in Europe.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Y'all welcome Henry Glover. All right, Hello. Henry. Hello. Is this a paid testimonial? It is not. Okay. <laughs> Just check it. Just check it. Henry Henry shared something. You know, as we've been doing this series, Henry told me about something uh, that I'm going to call reverse tithing that he learned. And <laughs> it just, it made me laugh. I just, I, I was hoping you'd yeah, share it. <laughs> I'll tell the story for Evelyn and I. And
2: it's interesting, the Lord revealed something to me also back there that, uh, I've told this story before to some people, but uh, he, he revealed something else to me. Uh, which uh, is good, but I was thinking, really? Uh, we've been married for 44 years almost, and... um uh, We've always had two jobs, and and we've always gone to church, and we've always, it was like my job, you know, to write the check, and so I'd I'd write a check twice a a month to the church, and Eddie Thomas, some of you guys know Eddie, uh, God rest his soul, and uh, he always told us, you need to tithe. He said, there are a lot of benefits to trusting the Lord in this way, and uh, we heard him, but it really didn't sink, and I understood it, but... I just never did it. Ours was a habit. Mine was a habit. It was a a dollar a a month or a million dollars a month. I don't remember what it was about 24 and a half years ago. But um, I had a very good job. And my whole organization went to Minneapolis, Minnesota. And Ellen and I decided we were not going to move to Minneapolis. And uh, so I had to find a job. And I'm at Prudential, and I had these certain skill sets. And I said, I'll become an agent, I'll sell insurance securities, annuities, those kinds of things, and passed the test, you know, about two seconds, and I became an agent. But my salary went down like 60%, maybe 70%. I was on, on a stipend, they call it. So, Evelyn and I, we we dealt with that. We we knew we had to do something with that, and so we, we were managing our, our business. We were writing that same check, that same check amount. It was a habit. I was just writing that check out. And um, about maybe – oh, I really didn't like the job. <laughs> you know, I was it just wasn't me. But I had to do something. Um, I could have gone to Florida Blues, City Walk, different places, but I didn't. And uh, so one day I'm writing this check out about 3 months into this experience and the Lord says, "Henry, you're tithing. You guys are tithing." And and so our gross had come down to where that check I was writing was 10% of our gross. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. So I said, "Hey, Ellen, look at this." And so, so we kept writing that same amount of money on this reduced annual salary we were getting. Well, further on to the end of that year, we really didn't like the job. We didn't want me to keep doing this. And I said, well, I've got to find another job. So I was looking in the newspaper and I saw this ad from Prudential and it, it actually almost had my name on it. It was all the skill sets I had, the things I used to do. And I said, send your resume to Newark, New Jersey. And I said, so I'm doing all this stuff. And and I said, I think I'll just call downtown Jacksonville and, and um, see if they want a copy also, instead of shipping it off to New Jersey. Uh, so I called downtown to the HR department, and a, a woman answers who I happen to know. And I told her my situation, and she says, This is interesting. She says Randy Miller was just in here this week asking when can you come back into the home office, because so there's a rule you had to be out a year. Um, and uh, so he was asking for me to come back. And up until about 10 minutes ago, I was thinking, I'm really good. (laughs) You know, I'm really good. But the truth is, the Lord knew what our needs was, and he's the one who told Randy to go ask. That's what I'm thinking. And because the next seven years, I got along fine with Randy, but he wasn't the greatest guy in the world, and and I'm not the greatest guy in the world, but I really believe that the Lord made that thing happen to me. No. And so, at the end of that year, uh, I went back into um, the home office. My salary went back up again, and and we've continued to tithe. And now, Lord wait, wait,
0: oh. the, that same amount that you always wrote? Actually, ten percent.
2: I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Little, little yeah. but He's blessed us so much. And and the truth is, just like you preached to us, is it's not about the money. It's about trusting Him. And things have happened in our lives. Some of y'all know about it. Some of y'all don't know about it. But um, the Lord has brought us through all of these things because we trust him. Yeah. And he provides for us. So anyway, that's my story and I'm sticking to it.
0: It's <laughs> good. Thank y'all. Thank you very much. Ms. Barbara, thank you. Thank you so much. Another another hand for these these guys. Thanks for sharing your story. We to
2: share. Okay. Okay. Thank you.
0: Okay. Thank you. I'll let you do it now, I think one of the reasons that we don't want to tie this you know it's like looking at the 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 church here we we send fifty thousand dollars a year outside of our doors, and we're like, "Wow, all the things we could do with that. you know we think that our standard of living is more important or, or or we don't want to lower our standard of living, but the church has decided we're going to do it. A lot of you have decided you're just going to do it anyway. And you're not looking at what you miss, you're looking at what you benefit, right? Um, there may be some ways that your standard of living could increase if you didn't tithe. There may be some things that you're, you're going to do without. But please, don't confuse your standard of living with your quality of life. Don't confuse your standard of living with your quality of life. They are not the same thing. Uh, Paul wrote Timothy about it. We've looked at this for the past three weeks. You can hear those online. But here's the reminder. Uh, He said, Command those who are rich in this present world, not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they'll lay up a treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. So that they may take hold of, and this is what I want you to focus on, the life that is truly life. Your standard of living does not bring you the life that is truly life. That's your quality of life. And you get that quality of life. You have a higher quality of life when you do good in your rich and good deeds. You have a higher quality of life when you are generous. I mean, it's, you know, tithe and then give above the tithe. Be generous. Learn what it is to be generous like God who has given us everything. For our enjoyment your quality of life goes up when you do good and when you're generous and when you're willing to share your quality of life goes up it may not be the same standard of living but who cares trust in God more than you trust in your money spend some of your discretionary time and you have it doing good serving others Giving generously, sharing gladly, and it lays a firm foundation for real life. That's what we want. That's what God wants for for you. God doesn't need anything from you, but that's what he wants for you. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, it can be a, a hard thing and a scary thing and a difficult thing to as rich people in this world to learn how to trust you here. And Lord, I pray, oh, don't ever let it become for me or for this church about the money and us trying to get our hopes on money and money that would come in. Lord, let... I'd I'd rather... I'd rather nobody give here and our hearts stay pure. I know Wayne isn't happy to hear me say that as treasurer, but... Lord, keep our hearts pure and help us learn what it is to live life that's really life. It's hard to be rich. There are challenges for us that some of the world just doesn't, they don't have to face these challenges, but we do. Lord, give us the grace to learn to trust you more. And thank you for Barbara and Henry and what they were able to share, the life that that they found, the life that so many in, in this room have found. And Lord, may we trust you at all times, in all places, and learn about you, and that you are trustworthy here too. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.